Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. This is day four of our look through 1 John chapter 5. I'm talking to you from Kigali, Rwanda, where God's people are struggling and working and succeeding and choosing to love one another, to love brothers and sisters in Christ, even in difficult times, even with difficult history, difficult past to forgive. There's still in every life, in every church, in every country, in your life, there is the hope of loving other people in your life. Why? Because God's given us these assurances. He's given us power that we don't have on our own. Yesterday, we began to look at six assurances that God gives to us in this last part of 1 John, the fifth chapter. We looked yesterday at the eternal life that he's given to us. That's an assurance. We looked at the prayers in Jesus' name that are answered. That's an assurance. We looked at the new lifestyle that he's given us. We have a new life, and so those who are born of God do not continue to practice a lifestyle of sin. Some people are confused by the book of 1 John when they see these phrases, do not continue in sin. It sounds like I'm never going to sin again once I'm a Christian. But if you take a deep look at what that phrase means, it has the idea of a lifestyle of sin. My life is marked by sin rather than marked by a new life in Christ. When I become a Christian, I have the assurance of a, of a new life in Christ. And then, as we get into verse 19, he begins to talk about some other assurances. There's a fourth assurance that God gives to us. He assures us that we are children of God. Verse 19a, he says, we know that we are children of God. We know it. We know that we're children of God. We don't have any doubt about it. We don't have any struggle about it. How, how can you know that you're a child of God? Doesn't that sound prideful? Doesn't it sound as if somehow you're elevating yourself above other people? If you feel that way, you're, you're not alone. Many, many people have felt that way. But the truth of the matter is you can know you're a child of God because God the Father sent the Son, and the Son gave his life for you. And when you trust in the Son, you come into the family. And if you're in the family, it's okay to say, I know I'm part of the family. Uh, some people think it's prideful to say, I'm a child of God. I, I am a believer in Jesus Christ, and so God is my Father in a special way. <laughs> it wouldn't be prideful to say, I'm a part of this family if you're born into a human family. In fact, it would be denouncing your family not to say, yes, that's my Father, and yes, this is my family. And it's the most natural thing in the world for you as a believer in Jesus Christ to say, this is my family. I am a child of God, and I know it. I can stand on that. Satan wants to tear away at that assurance in your life because he doesn't want us to live a confident, assured life of faith. He, he knows that the mistakes that we make, he knows that the sins that we commit, he knows that the weaknesses that we have can cause us to look at ourselves and say, me, a child of God? Remember, it's not based on who you are. It's based on who Jesus is. And when I keep my eyes on the Father, when I keep my eyes on Jesus, I have new strength and power to live out the life of a child of God. I can know that I'm a child of God. You can know that you're a child of God. There's also something else you can know. It's in the last part of verse 19. It may not sound positive at first. You can know that the world is under the control of the evil one. We know that we are children of God, and we know that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now, why is that assuring? Isn't that scary that the world is somehow control under the control of the evil one? Remember, in 1 John, the phrase, the world, doesn't mean the physical world. It has to do with the without God way of thinking that's in the world, the selfish way of thinking that's in the world. And what John is saying here is this. When you see people that are selfish, when you see people that are living life for themselves, and you wonder, how could God be in this world when people act that way? How could evil be done in this world if God is truly good and truly powerful? 
there are people who choose not to follow God. And when I choose not to follow God, I'm going to follow the evil one. And the result of that is going to be selfishness and evil. We are children of God, and the world is under the control of the evil one. There is a difference. There is a vast, incredible difference between being a child of God and being under the control of the evil one. Now, I don't see it. You don't, you don't see it easily. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't get a, a new tattoo on your back that says child of God and an old one that says child of Satan is erased. I don't see it immediately. I don't, I don't get a new facial features. But these verses say there's an incredible difference that happens the moment we become a believer. You move into a new family. So if you're ever worried or confused by the differences in this world, why is there so much evil when God is real in my life? Does that mean maybe God couldn't be real? No. No, it just means that those who don't follow God are under the control of the evil one, and you see the results of that. And when you and I do follow God, then we are living out what it means to be a child of God, and you see the results of that in your life. Assurances. We can be assured that we are children of God. We can be assured that the world is under the control of the evil one. But we can also be assured of a third thing. We can be assured that the Son has come and has given us understanding so that I can have a relationship with Him. We can be assured of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 20. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. I can know this, that Jesus really did come into this world, and he really did come to bring me the truth. And he really did come not to bring me some intellectual truth. He came to bring me relational truth. He came not just so that I could understand, but so that I could know him who is true. I love this in these verses. The Son of God has come and given us understanding. Well, that's a good thing. I, I want better understanding of God. But then he goes on and he says, so that I might know him who is true, have a relationship with God. So I don't just understand the truth. I know him who is the truth. I have a relationship with him. And then he goes on and he says, and we are in him who is true. I not only have a relationship with him, God is in me through his Holy Spirit. That's how powerful God's truth is in my life. We are in him who is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The true God and eternal life are in your life, promised by what Jesus Christ has done for you. That's how powerful God's truth is in your life. The Son of God has come and has given us understanding that leads to a relationship with God. And then John ends this book. We're going to do a review of the book tomorrow in this fifth day, and I'm going to have a special guest join me. But John ends this book with these simple words. Dear children, Keep yourselves from idols. I, I love these words because they go to what these assurances should mean in my life. First, he says, dear children. These assurances we've talked about the last couple of days, they have to do with how I see myself. And when I start to see myself as a dear child of God, it changes the way I act. It, it changes the kind of person that I am. You are a dear child of God. You're dearly loved by God. You're, you're a child of God. And so he appeals to them as children of God. Dear children, and then he says, here's the practical. Keep yourself from idols. Because of these assurances, something different should be happening in my life. And when he says, keep yourself from idols, he's indicating that they were struggling with this. You ever have struggles in your life as a believer? They did too. So he's not talking in these assurances about a life of no struggle, 
But when he says keep yourselves from idols, he's saying you can live a different way. Keep yourselves from idols. Idols are any false image that you put up that you're going to follow instead of God. In their day, they were little clay gods that they put up on a shelf. In our day, it's materialism. In our, our day, it's being popular. In our day, it's this thing that I need to own. Anything can be an idol. It's anything that I want more than I want God in my life. And so he says, dear children, based on these assurances, keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from these things in your life that take away God's love in your life. Because the best thing about you is not the things that you own. The best thing about you is not even the relationships that you have on this earth, as good as those may be. The best thing about you is not some position that you have at work. The best thing about you is that you know him who is true, and you are in him who is true, the true God and eternal life. <laughs> That's going to last forever. That's the true power for your life. So as we talk to him today, let's just talk to him in practical ways. Jesus Christ as John talks about assurances, he then talks about what I should do about it. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to see today what to do about your assurances in my life. Help me to see today how to live out your assurances in my life. What does it mean that I need to put down? Stop doing. Give me the strength to do that. What does it mean I need to pick up? Start doing. Give me the strength to do that. What prayer do I need to pray? What person do I need to love? What hope do I need to have? God, I need your strength to show me. It may seem very small, but if you ask me to do it, I will do it. It may seem very big, but if you ask me to do it, I will do it. I ask for your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to look back together at the powerful assurance of faith in the book of 1 John.